0: on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for taking the time to download the show on a Friday. Thanks for joining us. A lot to get to. A lot of news that we haven't touched on yet this week on our weekend edition of the podcast and we'll catch up on everything going on in BYU sports news. Need to talk about what Jimmer Fredette may or may not be doing as he has left the Golden State Warriors Summer League team for potential opportunities elsewhere. We'll catch up on other BYU basketball players and NBA Summer League action. Eric Mika among them. also need to catch up on some of the news coming out for the BYU Athletics Department. Great showing in the Learfield Directors' Cup standings. We'll talk about that and also catch up with our Holy War Player Countdown Series as we reach day number 55 and profile sophomore defensive lineman Lorenzo Falatea. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. That and a whole lot more. We'll cover it all for you. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Twillery. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit as well. And with that Let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 5th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining the show on this Friday edition. Hopefully, you guys' is Independence Day, your 4th of July, was fantastic. Feels a lot of food, family, and friends, and a lot of fireworks. The four Fs, as I like to call them, on Independence Day or the 4th of July, always a good time to celebrate our nation's birth, 243 years old and never looked better in my mind, but that's just me and that's an aside to what we've really got to talk about today and that's a lot of BYU News. Let's start off on the hardwoods and talk some BYU basketball related stuff. We'll start off with the big news coming out of NBA Summer League is that Jimmer Fredette, who played two games uh, for the Golden State Warriors in Summer League action, we profiled uh, him and talked about his, his efforts on Wednesday's podcast in particular. Well, after that game, he decided, yeah, well, I'm done with Summer League. I'm moving on to bigger and better things, I guess in his mind. Now it's Mark Medina of the Mercury News Broke it that he was going to step aside From playing summer league action with the Golden State Warriors He played two games with them And reportedly was considering other options I.e. overseas offers I talked about on Wednesday That Jimmer Fredette decided to go back overseas can make some good money I would expect that China The Chinese Basketball Association pays probably as much as any of the European top leagues do Is probably hot and heavy after him It wouldn't surprise me if he went back to the Shanghai sharks where he's built quite the reputation for himself he's got the nickname the Jimo dashan which is translates to the lonely god or the lonely master and a lot of people with that whole thing lonely well it's a term of respect in in china and it it, he truly is one of a kind over there he's got a great brand for himself he's got a shoe line that's come out the jimua dashan shoe line with 361 degrees the chinese footwear company So I'm interested to see where he ultimately ends up. Kind of surprising to see him play with the Golden State Warriors Summer League team after two games and then decide, hey, I'm out. I think part of it was due in part to the amount of time he was getting on the court. Summer League is normally a time for NBA teams to see their draft picks and some guys that are on the younger side maybe a year or two into the league and get them some time to see what they might be able to do for an NBA team. Whereas Jimmer Fredette at 30 years old, he's a pretty experienced vet and it's going to be hard for him, I think, to prove what he can do. In about, He was averaging about 16 minutes a game in Summer League action. Just not enough time to show what he can do. And I think he's probably going to be chasing an overseas offer. And I can't blame him one bit. Uh, He had 14 points and seven rebounds in the summer, summer league opening loss to Sacramento, followed that up with five points and one assist and a loss to the Los Angeles Lakers on Tuesday. He also had five turnovers in both those games combined. But I thought that the coaching staff at golden state had some very encouraging words for him. Um, Warriors Summer League head coach Aaron Miles told the media that quote that veteran leadership he provided for us we appreciate what he did with us we wish him well I'm not exactly sure what's going on with him but I'm definitely but I know definitely he's still got a lot of basketball left in him unquote and I think Jimmer's proven that. If he goes overseas, he can continue to build his brand. China's a big country with a lot of people, and getting uh, millions of those fans following you, you'll set yourself up for life. So it wouldn't surprise me that Jimmer ends up in China, maybe. I know he's uh, expressed uh, concern about being away from his kids, uh, his daughter Wesley, also his son who was just born and. We'll see what happens. I know going to Europe might be a little more tenable in terms of timing because you go to China, uh, they're a full 12 hours most of the time ahead of what's going on in the United States. And it just makes for timing difficulties, but... We'll see where Jimmer lands. He is moving on to bigger and better things, hopefully, and hopefully going to make a bunch more money. He's made good money so far in his NBA career, and I would expect that he'll continue to pile up the dollars regardless of where he ends up. So best of luck to him in whatever's next for Jimmer for Dad. Uh One other BYU alum who was supposed to play against Jimmer in that uh, first game against the Sacramento Kings was Eric Mika. Eric did not play in that game, but did have good games after that. Uh, Wednesday night in a game against the Miami Heat. Uh, he went out and had a great game uh, starting. I, no, not starting that game. He came off the bench in that game. Played 26 minutes, had 13 points, went 6-9 and nine from the field, so 66.7% shooting. Only made one of five free throws, which wasn't great. But he added 14 rebounds, one assist, and uh, had two turnovers as well as one block. So I thought it was a great showing for Eric Mika, despite having eight fouls. In summer league, you're allowed to have 10 fouls before you foul out of a game. So a lot of guys take advantage of that. But a good showing in the in that second game for Sacramento, despite the loss to the Miami Heat. He followed that up on Wednesday night, uh, starting Sacramento in that game going another 26 minutes uh, scoring at 10 points only two of nine shooting in this game six of eight from the free throw alliance a better showing there added 12 rebounds two assists had another two turnovers and only four personal fouls so a better showing in the starting role as the center for the Sacramento Kings he will continue on with this team as they start NBA Summer League action in Las Vegas this weekend that continues on over the next 11 days they have some pool play four games guaranteed for each team and then they kind of determine a, a Seeding. They have a format, a bracket, where teams play it, play for it all. They've got two teams, I believe, the Croatian national team and the Chinese national team, are part of it to make it a 32-team uh, tournament. And I'm hopeful that Eric Mika continues to show well. Do I think that he lands on an NBA roster this upcoming season? No. Do I see an opportunity for him in the G League or maybe a two-way contract? Yeah. He's going to have to show well. he have to continue to play solid and have a team believe that his skill is translatable. He spent a lot of time in Europe since leaving BYU. But... Those two performances for the Sacramento Kings can't hurt him, in my mind, in terms of trying to get that roster slot, and we'll see where it shakes out for him, but I think he's off to a good start, speaking of Eric Mika. so We'll also track Elijah Bryant, the Milwaukee Bucks, start their play in the NBA Summer League as well this weekend, so we'll track both Eric and Elijah's play throughout the next week or so as things kind of play out in the NBA Summer League down there in Las Vegas, and also wishing nothing but the best to Jimmer Fredette, wherever his next step takes him uh, I would expect part of it was just hey I'm I'm getting older I want an opportunity to play maybe the NBA life is not cut out for me it's I gave it an honest try and I'm going overseas we'll see so best of luck to Jimmer for and whatever is next for him all right what's next for us catching you up on other BYU news and notes I also got to get to our holy war player countdown profile we're talking about Lorenzo Falatea today as the countdown reaches 55 days until the college football season begins so we'll get to all of that next coming up right here on Locked On Cougars. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the podcast, the Podcast, and that is our good friends at Twillery. T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y. Go to twillery.com slash locked on to check out what they're offering all of our listeners. They want to make restocking the shirts in your closet as simple as restocking the soda in your fridge. Easy, affordable, and the perfect fit, guaranteed. They want you guys to try on their twills is what they like to call them because they they said uh seeing is believing trying them on also is believing they believe they are the best shirts for the price they have competitors that sell these type of shirts for over a hundred dollars while Twillery's offering them for as low as 55 dollars per shirt when you bundle four or more so go check them out go to twillery.com slash locked on use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 25 dollars off guys fantastic shirts I've told you multiple times over the last few weeks we've been doing these reads I've really enjoyed the shirts they have sent to me I want you guys to continue to check them out go to twillery.com slash locked on free shipping and returns they don't have standard sizing it's not a small medium large extra large double X you don't give them that you give them your color size your sleeve size all the measurables they send you the shirt if it doesn't fit send it back they'll make sure you're taken care of get you a new shirt that will fit you and make you look cool confident and collected when you're out and about in the office Whatever you have to wear, a button-up shirt, you have to wear a dress shirt each day, they've got you covered. So once again, twillery.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for $25 off, guys. Fantastic deal to restock the shirts in your closet. Go to twillery.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30th. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and also the Himalaya Podcast app. Uh, Some of you have expressed concern about the Himalaya Podcast app having update issues. I'm hoping they've been resolved at this point. If they're not, let me know. You can reach out to the show on social media at Locked On Cougars. It's also on Facebook and Instagram. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. We'd love to hear from you guys, whether it's regarding stuff like the Himalaya podcast up Podcast, uh, podcast updates, or anything else you have questions about. Love answering questions for you guys. If you guys do want to have listener mailbag segments, I'd love to start that up. It's the time of year where a lot of questions can come up about the football team, and as a resident BYU insider, I would love to help answer some of the questions you have. So feel free to send those in. You also can email the show by emailing us, LockedOnBYU at at gmail.com. Love to hear from you there as well. And a reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving around, in your car, going to and from work, making your commute like most of us do, you're driving your kids to and from, piano lessons, soccer practice, whatever it is, when you get in your car, plug in your smart device and tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you always stay up to date with all the latest in BYU news. All right, let's talk about some awards. I guess a good showing for BYU in the Learfield Directors Cup standings, uh, the final standings, the final tally came out after the college baseball season ended. It's a season-long or a year-long process with all of the sports under the NCAA umbrella for each program being factored into these. And BYU had one of the best showings in quite some time, finishing 29th um, in the Learfield Directors Cup final standings. Stanford once again won the title; they're the perennial favorite to win. it. It's very rare for them to lose that title, but BYU was the the highest non power five team and spare me the semantics in terms of BYU being a power five as it stands or not in a power five conference so that's how it is but BYU was the highest non-power five team in the Learfield cup standings a good showing for BYU they perennially are a top 40 they've had 13 top 30 finishes this makes number 13 all time for the Cougars they have had an average final ranking of number 31 their highest finish was number 12 in 1998-1999 so a great showing for the Cougars this 29th uh, place showing is their highest since 2006 2007 so a great showing all the same for byu and i think that byu is proving that if uh when the power five realignment comes up again with college football we all get that it's going to be football that really makes the determination of whether byu is getting in or they're not there's other politics at play but if there's one program that really matters it's eyeballs on the football program but I think most athletic departments, most conferences understand that BYU, in terms of just the overall depth and the power of their uh, athletic department, it can't be rival. They have a great showing year in and year out, having multiple teams doing multiple things. Uh, BYU said 13 of their teams contributed to the Cougars, 738.5% point total, helping the program finish ahead of 37 universities and Power 5 conferences. Men's cross-country led all BYU teams with scoring at 90 points. They are followed by women's volleyball with 73, women's cross-country 72, men's track and field 70.5, women's soccer 64, women's indoor track and field 61.5, men's indoor track and field 61.5, and on and on and on. So great showings. The depth and breadth of BYU's athletic department, it's under-talked about, I think. Uh, A lot of people like to focus on BYU football, BYU basketball, and I completely get that. They're the two revenue sports that bring in most of the money for the athletic department, but it's good to see BYU's athletic department well-rounded and performing at a high level in multiple sports. I understand you'd like to see football and basketball being among the elite in their respective spheres when it comes to the NCAA, and there's hope that they can get back there someday, but also I think BYU fans need to understand that the other programs that BYU athletic department their success helps BYU as a whole no matter how small or insignificant the sport is in your mind so great showing for BYU in the Learfield Directors Cup standings congratulations on that top 30 finish like I said the highest non-power five team to finish in these rankings that's that's a great sign for BYU and congratulations once again to all of the coaches the administrators the athletes the student-athletes all of them for their efforts in achieving this status and congratulations once again alright one other note before we go here we'll come back with our final segment catch up on the other BYU news Is we need to continue on with our Holy War player countdown series today day number 55 and who wears number 55 on the BYU roster most of you probably can name it off the top of your head and that would be Lorenzo Fautea sophomore defensive lineman from West Valley Utah and Hunter High School and Falatea is a guy that I'm expecting is going to have an even bigger year than he did a year ago for the Cougars this upcoming season. Pretty modest stat total last season, 17 total tackles, nine of them solo, did collect 2.5 sacks and one quarterback hit, so modest totals, but that 2.5 sacks is a defensive tackle who stands six foot four and weighs 305 pounds. That's what I really like about Lorenzo's ability. Kairos Tonga takes all the headlines for BYU because he has otherworldly gifts, his ability to run sideline to sideline, etc. Well, guess what? Lorenzo Fauatea, in my mind, he's a great player in his own right because there's one thing he does well, and that's pass rush from the defensive tackle position. I think Kairos Tonga's got the ability to get after the quarterback, but I think the more polished pass rusher from the defensive line spot or that defensive tackle or nose tackle spot is Lorenzo Fawatea. I expect that Fawatea is going to be amongst a three-man rotation in terms of what you I would term starters on the defensive tackle front for BYU alongside Kairos Tonga, and I think that Fawatea is poised to break out this year. He's got the size, he's got the height, he's got that ideal height we've talked about on this podcast, that 6 six-foot-four frame. We talked about Atunai Mahe the other day, who I think is just an absolute ox. He's just a guy who's strong as an ox in the middle. Well, he doesn't have the height that Lorenzo Falatea has at six foot four. He's 5'11", six foot. He's strong as an ox, but at six foot four gives you an advantage. You're almost as tall as the offensive lineman facing you. If you can keep your leverage, you can see over guys, make plays, you got the length. And that's what I like about Lorenzo Falatea's game. BYU's defensive line, I think the trenches all along BYU's offensive and defensive lines are going to be very strong this year, going to be very deep, and Lorenzo Falatea, I think, is going to start for BYU, unless he's beaten out by some of these other defensive tackles, but I don't expect that to happen, because I think he's very hungry to prove what he can do. Two and a half sacks as a freshman for BYU is a great showing. I think he's on his way, and like I said, I think he's the most polished pass rusher. He moves the pocket well from that defensive tackle spot. He's a guy who did play some defensive end in high school, so he's got some of that pass rush ability, and i I really like what he's able to do. So I'm hopeful he's going to have another big year this year. He stays, And I'm hopeful that he stays healthy and is able to go out and prove what he can do on the field. Big time opportunity for all of these linemen for BYU, the teams as a whole, against these first four opponents, those Power 5 opponents. That's the biggest stage. NFL scouts will sit up and take notice if you have a good showing against those opponents because that's who's considered the elite of the elite. And if you can show well against them, NFL scouts sit up a little bit straighter and say, okay, who is this guy? And they start digging into their background. So Today is day number 55 as we count you down towards the Holy War. Talking about Lorenzo Fawatea, sophomore defensive tackle, 6'4", 305 pounds, and hopeful he has another big year and tops that two and a half sack mark for the Cougars during the 2019 season. We'll continue to count you down throughout the weekend and all the way down until the Holy War kicks off the football season on August 29th. We'll be counting down players each and every day, so stay with us each day right here on your home for BYU Sports on the Locked On Podcast Network, the Locked On Cougar. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys this week has all been great. I hope your Independence Day, like I said previously, was fantastic. You had a good 4th of July and that you're able to enjoy celebrating the United States of America. And th- to those of you maybe from Canada by the way, I probably should have done this earlier this week on July 1st, but happy Canada, Canada Day. Uh, it's kind of funny that Canada Day is July 1st and the United States uh, 4th of July I celebrate Independence Day is on July 4th. They're kind of right there next to each other but still cool all the same so Uh, Happy Canada today to our Canadian listeners, but also happy Independence Day to those of you here in the United States, etc. One thing I wanted to note in terms of a national team opportunity is that Rony Jones Perry, the former BYU Star Women's Volleyball player, well, she has been named to the U.S. Women's National Team, which will take part uh, playing for Team USA at the 11-team Pan American Cup beginning tomorrow, July 6th, going through the 14th in Trujillo and Chiclayo, Peru. She's one of 14 players to compete at the Pan Am for the U.S. team. The two-time defending champs will start play tomorrow against Colombia at two o'clock Mountain Time. They'll take on Trinidad and Tobago Sunday at uh, four. Uh, sorry, two o'clock Mountain Time once again, and then Mexico on July eighth at four o'clock Mountain Time. And the Team USA will conclude pool play July tenth against Puerto Rico at four o'clock Mountain Time. So, big opportunity. Ronnie Jones Perry, the reigning uh, uh, women's national player of the year, a great player for BYU during her time. A native of Utah, Copper Hills High School, just a great player all the same. And I think it's awesome to see her getting this opportunity. We've seen a number of men's volleyball players from BYU playing for the men's national team over the previous few years. Well, it's really cool to see uh, a girl like, uh, a woman like Ronnie Jones-Perry out there playing. She's a West Jordan, Utah native. She's the fourth member of last year's BYU team to represent the United States this summer. Heather Nighting played for the U.S. Collegiate National Team, played in Japan and the junior national training team. Kennedy Eschenberg was on the U.S. Collegiate National Team playing in Italy, and the Mary Lake was playing for the U.S. Senior National Team in the Volleyball Nations League. So big congratulations to Ronnie Jones-Perry joining three of her other teammates playing for the national team team. In addition, Cougar head coach Heather Olmsted has served as the head coach for the United States uh, CNT, the Canadian, not the Canadian, the collegiate national team, Japan squad, and then former BYU All-American Alexa Gray is playing for the Canadian national team in this tournament that Ronnie Jones-Perry is playing in. So BYU women's volleyball being well represented at the national team level and I think it's long overdue. Uh, the Olmstead. speaking of Heather and her brother Sean, who started out on the women's side of things for BYU, have done a great job building this program from the ground up and I think it's paying off big time with what they're doing on the national team stage and here's hoping that they can continue to show well in the coming days, months, weeks, years, whatever you want to term it to be going forward. So there you go. Catch you up on a lot of BYU news that we hadn't touched on earlier this week. I want to thank you guys once again for downloading the show on this Friday. We'll have special weekend editions throughout the weekend with our player countdown series continuing over the weekend. So stay tuned for that. We'll also be back next week with full episodes. It is Boise State next week next week. Hoping to have one of the members of the media up there in Boise to talk about the Broncos on with us. If you missed Wednesday's pod, we talked uh, with the guys from u State Aggies, Isaac Draxler. You're not Draxler. He joined me to talk about the Utah State Aggies, who BYU will face in early November this season. Well, our next team up is Boise State, so stay tuned for that next week. We'll have plenty of interviews coming up from BYU Media Day. We'll catch up with recruits. We'll be keeping you up to date, plain and simple, with everything going on in BYU sports. I want to. Th- Encourage you guys to continue to follow the show on whichever podcatcher you prefer. Make sure to follow along. Give us a good rating and review. And stay tuned for the best and brightest coverage of BYU athletics every day, seven days a week, as we count you down towards the Holy War in the beginning of the BYU football season. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jake Hatch, your host here. Follow the show once again on social media. Locked on Cougars on all the social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch or email the show. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com Enjoy your weekend We'll catch up with you on Monday with another full edition This has been Locked On Cougars For July 5th, 2019